0: The reason people value our building and continue to come back is the collaboration piece. So everyone who works in this building is working towards something that's like-minded in their mission. So being under an umbrella of sustainability, whether that's democracy, policy, or that's water and land and environmental issues, that's why people come here is there's that collaboration piece of working next to someone who's working on something similar to you.
1: All right, everybody, good afternoon and welcome to the FM Engine podcast. My name is J.M. Froehler. I'm your host today. And on the show today, we have Mary Gloven. And Mary is a facility manager at the Alliance Center. And the Alliance Center is a co-working facility in Denver, supporting more than 160 organizations, ranging from local to national groups, all working to advance social and environmental solutions. Welcome to the show, Mary.
0: Thanks for having me here. I really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, it's great to have you. What we wanted to talk about today are the career opportunities for facilities managers, operators, and what they're facing in their day-to-day job, and what some of the challenges are and opportunities. Why don't you give a quick background on yourself, how you arrived at the Alliance Center, and uh, we'll go from there.
0: Awesome. Honestly, I stumbled into this facility management role unexpectedly, backing up when I first set out to start a career in sustainable construction. I didn't know facility managers were even an opportunity, that that was even an option. And it's turned out to be a pretty incredible fit for me. I get to combine my passion for sustainable building, hands-on trades experience, and commitment to community education, outreach, all in one place. My background is actually in residential building with a special focus on sustainable building. So I did everything from advanced framing to passive house design to PV solar installation, pouring foundations, framing projects. I kind of had my hand in every pot when it's in the hands-on faci- or residential building world, not facility management quite yet. But once I gained those skills, so I went to a trade school, I immediately jumped into the field as a general contractor and I loved building things. It was deeply rewarding. However, while I enjoyed being a tradesperson a lot. And I had the opportunity to work on so many different projects. It didn't come without its challenges. There was definitely a lack of communication, collaboration, and innovation among other contractors, subcontractors. And I really wanted to explore new ways of building that would improve the long-term sustainability of projects and respond to community needs. I really wasn't into following a lot of the traditional methods, but it was difficult to Pursue that perspective while being a general laborer in construction. It tended to really be an environment where trying new things and asking questions was not encouraged. So that's why I was drawn to the facility management role at the Alliance Center. It really stood out to me. There was this position where I could apply my building knowledge and hunger to learn more about a facility all in one place. And the Alliance Center is definitely a unique facility. As a facility manager, I'm not sure if everyone has the same type of facility as we do. Is we're always piloting and demonstrating new technology, new projects, trying new things. Sometimes they don't work. And we show, those lessons learned. But landing in this position was pretty incredible just because it gathered all my passions into one place. I can share what I learn with others and break down the barriers that prevent people from entering the building industry altogether. As the facility manager, yeah, you hold the, the keys to the kingdom. But that that was a lot. Um, but that's how I ended up here.
1: Congrats. Yeah. What a journey. Tell me, like, how was the switch from residential to commercial? Also, it seems like the culture is, a perfect fit, you know, at the Alliance Center. And it really touches on purpose, mission, which aligns with what you were looking for. How did they go about recruiting and finding you? Or how did you find them? Like, what was the whole recruiting process like? You know, how did they attract talent? How do they retain talent and foster talent and like and coach and create all these opportunities within the organization to keep people motivated and, and excited to work there?
0: Well, it's been awesome in particular in my position is we have a lot of support when it comes to professional development. So I've been supported by the organization to go earn my lead AP with specialty to pursue project management courses. They really do a lot to train me and make sure I want to continue to stay and be supported in this role. How it differs from residential building is quite intense is residential building. You're just dealing usually with something under 5,000 square feet. I'm with 42. Two thousand square feet here which is actually pretty small for commercial but a lot of those building science things I learned about residential transfer here and that it's it's just on a macro level everything is a lot bigger
1: Mm -hmm, (laughs) (laughs) when you first started at this new exciting adventure what were some of the main challenges you faced and also opportunities you know within the first 90 days and on the opportunity side how did you go about taking advantage of those and like taking action on those to go for it? And on the challenges side, like what did you do to overcome some of those challenges?
0: Starting with challenges, I first 90 days, I had a lot of imposter syndrome. As a facility manager, I sit down in meetings with the commissioning agent, with HVAC technicians, engineers, I do not have an engineering background, I just have a building background. So it made me really question, do I know what I think I know about buildings? However, I really pushed myself to be present in those meetings. To, I've met a lot of incredible engineers who've met me where I'm at. Um, and I kind of tell myself, if they can't explain this to me, you know, what's the purpose of their work if they can't explain it to the average Joe like myself. But I've found a lot of mentors and just supportive, like specialty commercial building groups. IFMA is really awesome. USGBC is really awesome. And pushed myself to go network, to go talk with those people. I do know stuff about buildings. <laughs>
1: awesome. <laughs> Very cool. It seems like you built a very great like support network right to basically be successful at your current role and it was kind of reciprocated right like they were there and actually open to to helping right these groups of people that helped you did you find them through the alliance center like through networking within that within the your current role or how did you go about like building this awesome network of people to help you
0: a lot of it has to do from the alliance center so they just have a very large repertoire of people that are familiar with them. And a lot of those relationships were passed on to me, but I definitely still had to put in effort to maintain them, effort on my part to meet them where they're at, deliver the things they need for me. Um,
1: yeah, totally. And on, again, coming back to the uh, recruiting side of things, comparing all the past jobs you've had and how these companies put together their recruiting process, right? compared to the Alliance Center, what do you think are some of the main differentiators So, what can organizations do in the space to attract really great talent? Like if you were to build a recruiting engine and machine, right, for your team, like how would you do that to like find great talent like yourself?
0: That's a big question. I, I almost didn't apply for this role because I thought I was underqualified and it has really proven that skills-based hiring, so hiring someone based on their motivation based on transferable leadership skills, organization skills. There's definitely a lot of value in that. Sure. I have a four-year degree and I've attended a trade school, but really what's taught me the most about buildings is being out there on job sites, my life experience with buildings. I think that's definitely something we could do more to recruit, especially the younger generation <laughs> to get more in facility management and building roles.
1: Yeah. How would you do that? Is it a messaging issue, mm-hmm. you know, to a attract- Attract talent to get more people into the space? And what do you think are some of the roadblocks?
0: I think a lot of these jobs, they look really intimidating on paper. And I think more, I guess, reasonability towards meeting people where they're at saying, if you want to commit five years here, we can train you. We can help you grow. There's a lot in it for you. I think that's, I mean, that's the hardest part, but I also just, when I was applying and looking for things, There was just such a wide range of things for me to choose from. It was almost (laughs) overwhelming. And I don't know, sort of telling yourself that you're capable of the things that are listed on those responsibilities. I'm not sure if that answers the question, but I mean, there's just, there's such a labor shortage, especially in the building world from all sides from the laborers to the facility managers to the building engineers. There just are very few people under the age of 60 who want to continue holding that knowledge or even know that they can pursue that route, pursue that path.
1: How does that knowledge transfer happen within the Alliance Center? You know, I'm sure there's staff, people at your organization that are going to be retiring, right? And like, how do you transfer the knowledge to the next generation?
0: Yeah, that is, (laughs) that's a difficult one. I see it happen a lot with my current commissioning crew and HVAC crew is a lot of the older people are retiring and there's no younger people to replace them and they literally they know everything about this building and passing on all that knowledge is not easy but I was really lucky in that my predecessor before me, he was able to mentor me into this role. His name is Jason Page and he was here each step of the way to kind of train me up to fly solo, so to speak, which was incredibly valuable to have someone who was open to that. I found in the residential building world, a lot of it was really gatekept. It's really hard to get someone to teach me things when I ask questions. And the Alliance Center, I mean, maybe it's just different in that I was able to find a mentor who was willing to tell me things to answer my questions.
1: Mm, that's awesome. Was that like a formal process, like a training program, essentially, like... Like meeting once a week, or, or more often than that, or was it like a very structured program to get people up to speed quickly and be self reliant and very quickly? Or, like, how was that all set up?
0: That was not a structured. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs> experience. That was
0: very, a very, you know, you're the only other building person here. So I'm going to need to tell you everything about how this lighting works. However, I think that idea would be awesome for when you hire people to have that struck of this is goal one, goal two. There are a lot of downsides to how I was sort of mentored into the role. I'm lucky in that Jason is still, he's still a consultant who helps out with our business. So when I have questions about the room, membrane and when was it installed, he's still available, but not everyone has that. And there's no, I mean, that's the other thing is there's no structure for that I currently have for facility management for staying organized. I I use a massive Excel spreadsheet to keep on track of who are all my vendors, what are all the products in the building, when are things due for commissioning. That would be incredibly helpful on my end if there was something that existed out there.
1: To document that all like in a central repository kind of way or?
0: Yeah, yeah. And not so much like as work orders, like a work order system or a RFI system, but more as something that's tailored to just the daily life of a facility manager because you're overseeing everything.
1: Interesting. Yeah. And so how big is the team right now?
0: The team. So at the building is just four Mm -hmm. people. Mm
1: -hmm. Okay. That's a lot.
0: (laughs) Uh, We have a building director and events person and then a front desk coordinator, but that's just at the building. So I am currently the only building expert here.
1: Wow. That's big responsibility. Wow.
0: It is. Yeah. It wasn't always like this. I think the world of commercial real estate right now is incredibly difficult. And so we've tailored down. We're kind of like a shoestring crew, small but mighty. Yeah. Things we used to have a bigger team. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So with the uh the whole work from home, like how cuz you, you mentioned before that you've been working on, you know, you're piloting new technologies, new projects, trying new things. You know, what were some of the things that you've tried that worked well? Some of the things that, you know, didn't go well, but you've learned a lot? And what are you looking to pilot next? You know, what is like top of the list that you're looking to do?
0: Top of the list right now that we're exploring is a new model for co-working. So applying something differently here. Coworking has changed a lot with just the patterns of how people use buildings now that they're remote. They don't come in for a full eight hours. It's maybe two hours here. You know, what are the amenities that attract, someone's to, attract someone to a building? I will say the number one thing that we have tried that has been very successful and will continue to do is indoor air quality monitoring. So during the pandemic, a lot of people became conscious of what kind of air they're in, You know, how healthy is the space? So we took that very seriously. We installed Kytera sensors in every zone. Tenants have the ability to see what the air quality is like. We're working on having some type of interactive dashboard in our main public space. But for now, you know, that's been a very successful thing. And although commercial real estate and commercial office space is not a great place to be in right now, we actually have higher occupancy than all of our neighbors. We're currently at 75% occupancy. I think the average in Denver is like 22%. We're not doing the same as we were before. And we're definitely going to need to try different things. People just don't use spaces the same way, but we're open to applying new models.
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. How were you able to manage to get it to like 75% versus the other co-working spaces that are only like a 20%? Like, What were some of the main things you did differently to attract more people to come to your co working facility?
0: So we're not a fancy building. We don't have, you know, a free cocktail bar or whatever other amenities, you know, a giant WeWork might have. Our main selling point and the reason people value our building and continue to come back is the collaboration piece. So everyone who works in this building is working towards something that's like-minded in their mission. So being under an umbrella of sustainability, whether that's democracy, policy, or that's water and land and environmental issues. That's why people come here is there's that collaboration piece of working next to someone who's working on something similar to you, who's doing something for this bigger, larger picture. And I think that's why people continue to come back and they're in a building that walks that talk too, and that we're an incredibly sustainable building and lots of different aspects.
1: Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah. You know, you talked about indoor air quality and that's one of the main projects there. Can you talk a little bit about the purchasing process, right? Or like partnership process Mm -hmm. with vendors out there, right? Selection process and so on. And then implementation of this Mm -hmm. type of service or solution, right? For indoor air quality. How does it typically work?
0: Yeah, (laughs) it's, I mean, it's definitely, it's relationship building and it's providing something they need. So for instance, we have a partnership with Johnson Controls for their Open Blue Healthy Air program, where we're providing data from the indoor air quality sensors to them to use. I think that's the biggest piece is providing them something that they need. And I mean, ultimately we're a demonstration site. So with the KITERA sensors, we're still working on a reset air certification of which I don't think there's anyone in Colorado or in the U.S. currently, other than perhaps some big campuses with Reset Air. So helping them learn, you know, what are the parameters if we're going to deploy this certification in a relatively small commercial building like this versus a giant international airport, you know, working out those quirks.
1: Interesting. Yeah. Does it typically work like, you know, you mentioned you're like almost like a demo facility for them, right? Mm -hmm. And do they give you the solution? At a discount, or you know, or how does it work during this whole relationship? Mm-hmm.
0: They do. So, with the Kytera sensors, those were deeply discounted um, given that we're a nonprofit, given that we were pursuing reset air, trying to be one of the first buildings. I mean, working with them, my predecessor worked with them to get those discounts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, explaining where we're coming from. I mean, just being honest has been the greatest asset of being like, "Hey, we're a nonprofit. We, you know, it's just me here. If you want to see how this is actually going to work in the real world with people like us, we're here."
1: Makes total sense. Yeah. So, uh, Mary, you know, you mentioned opportunities with for facility managers. You know, where do you see the greatest opportunities for you? You know, over the next five years or ten years, career-wise, what gets you excited? You know, if you fast forward the next five years or 10 years, would love to hear a little bit more about that.
0: I'm personally very interested in doing more sustainable building retrofits of historic structures. So I'm really fascinated by historic preservation and a lot of the things, the existing buildings we already have. The building I'm in is a historic building. It was built in 1908 and we're still LEED gold certified among other certifications. So I mean, my goal was be able to manage lots of buildings like this, lots of historic structures that people love and cherish that remind them of where they come from, that reflect the community, but are also healthy and green and sustainable long-term. That's what gets me very excited. (laughs) So I think I need to learn more project management skills in the meantime and perhaps look into civil engineering too, but... (laughs) That's what gets me excited.
1: Awesome. Uh, do you feel like the project management side of things, is that the hardest part for facility management? Or like, what's the most difficult piece of that?
0: Project management, not so much. It's more of like not having a dashboard of just everything there. Everything that I use on a day-to-day basis is on different dashboards. It's in different places. And so someone could make something super tailored to the specifics of a facility manager. That would be awesome. Yeah. What was that second piece? I had something for it.
1: <laughs> well, we talked about project management, uh, the challenges there, and then the next five, 10 years, what gets you super excited about the future? Anything else that you want to add there? Or
0: um The hardest part about facility management is just simply getting contractors and vendors to show up.
1: Really? Okay.
0: That is the hardest part for me. The lines of communication are not the same everywhere. So I may have a great vendor here who I can rely on, who I can can build a relationship with. I can organize a big project with. There are other vendors who that gate is not open. And I think that's reflective of the building industry as a whole. It's hard to get people to do an integrative process, to have everybody look at the big picture. Most people show up and their one job is to fix this one thing and they don't want to know what it's Connected to what it's related to, the larger picture, larger mission. That would be the most difficult piece is
1: like how the whole system works as a whole, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a lot of different types of contractors out there, right? That provide different types of solutions and services, etc. Right. Are there particular contractors that have done a really good job versus others? And what were some of the characteristics that they had that made them successful? Yeah, it's like the, the big picture thing, absolutely. But is it a question of the people? Is it the systems, processes that they they have in place? Or what were some of the main characteristics?
0: I would say not being hesitant to try something new. So when we were peak pandemic, people are not coming into buildings, people are really afraid of indoor air quality. Our HVAC technician was amazing in that they weren't hesitant to try new things. To put really high quality HEPA filters on our rooftop unit, to work together. Other with our commissioning agent to have them talk with the commissioning agent rather than them be siloed. They weren't hesitant to talk with them about building flushes and a new programming for when our rooftop unit starts up and flushing air through the building. That was a huge, a great quality, which I really appreciated is they just, they weren't afraid to try something new.
1: Very cool. Very cool. All right, Mary. Yeah, no, this was a great conversation and uh, learned a lot. I really appreciate it. And before we wrap up here, is there anything else you wanted to share that's top of mind?
0: Well, thank you for having me so much. It's exciting to talk about facility management and I hope more people get involved with it. I hope more people see it as an opportunity. It's an awesome career to meld a ton of different passions together in one place.
1: Awesome. All right, Mary, again, thank you so much for uh, coming on the show today. Learned a lot and And uh, yeah, I wish you all the success, all the best for the future. No doubt you'll be super successful. Yeah, really hope to stay in touch. If people want to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to reach out for listeners? Is it through email, LinkedIn, or what's the best way?
0: Feel free to reach out on LinkedIn. I'm Mary Glovin and I work at the Alliance Center.
1: Okay, awesome. Very (laughs) cool. All right. Thanks a lot, everybody. See you at the next episode very soon. Bye-bye. This was it for today's show. Again, my name is JM from Decisive Leap. You can check us out on www.decisiveleap.co to learn a little bit more about our team and our capabilities. If you'd like to share feedback on the show, topics you'd like us to address, or have a guest that you'd like to recommend for the show, simply go to our website and get in touch there. Again, that is www.DecisiveLeap.co. Looking forward to hearing from you. Bye-bye.